Hey toy family, welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. And once again, joining us from the east, back on the show is Dadadum. Welcome back, Dadadum. You're not gonna give me the full the full uh, Yeah The full shebang? I know. Yeah. It, it does feel a little weird just to say Dadadub because I never Don Dadadub Kratzer is joining us. Welcome, Don. Uh, it's nice to be here. You're the only guy who does that, but I love the way you do it. I like I like saying your full name. I I don't say it for anybody else but you. I feel I feel honored because now I just call you Don, and yeah. you allow me to call you that. We're on a first name basis. When people approach you at a convention, do they call you Dadadub or do they call you Don? Uh both depends on how they know me. A lot of times when I meet new people, I'll you know say hey, I'm Don. We'll talk, da, 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 and then I'm like. And I'll go like, wait, are you dated up? So do you say dated or dated up? Yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. Dated up or dated up? Dated up. Gosh, I've been saying it wrong Gary for years. Dated up. Don dated up. Kratzer. It's no wrong answer. Well, Don, we just saw you a few weeks ago at DesignerCon, and I know in between then and now, you've also done another convention. Was it Toy? Tokyo Comic-Con. Tokyo Comic-Con. And then you're doing another one next week. You are you are Mr. Convention. How many have you done so far? Overseas, I'll do about 10 a year. Overseas? Overseas? Okay. Mostly in Asia, though? You probably just do two in the States. Three in the States. Do Five Points, Comic-Con, and Decon. Yeah, I forgot about Comic-Con. And then uh, do one in England, Toy-Con UK. Yep. The rest in Asia. Okay. Nice. And then I'm not. It's not counting Japan. Japan one. Those are those I can take the train. So they don't count. <laughs> what do you think of the the, the new improved uh, designer con this year? How was it for you guys? Decon was great. Um, I mean, you know, they was in the they were in the new venue, so everybody had to adjust to the change in scale. We were definitely way at the what I was calling the far east. <laughs> the far wall of the convention but that's a good um, name that's funny people made their way over uh to see us yeah it was positive we did as well as we did or better than last year so we'll definitely be doing it again awesome um big thanks to ben he always he always treats us right you know i, I give a lot of credit to ben for helping us uh put out a big face at designer con that leads me into uh, something I wanted to bring up. It's uh, basically I'll speak for myself and then you guys can agree or disagree, but I just want to say like, I've heard from a few people that thought we had a miserable time because they thought that our review was very, was overly negative. Even though we said throughout it that we, we love designer con people don't hear that part, I guess they only hear negatives. Um, but everything we were saying was for the, the hope to make a great show even greater. Um, nothing was, we, we, I know I personally love designer con. It's my favorite show of the year that I've gone to. So yeah, I, I just want to reiterate that we do love designer con and it was everything we said was only said to hopefully make things even better than it already is. And I stand by everything I said on the show. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer, George. I, I mean, it's, it's sad that you even had to mention that because you know, we're entitled to our own opinions and to say what we want to say. And to say that it really, it's really unfortunate that a lot of people took away that we were being just 
to say that we hated DesignerCon is, is, is insane. We love DesignerCon. We, we wouldn't have spent the last two and a half years promoting almost solely DesignerCon for hundreds of episodes. Like, we love DesignerCon. That goes without saying. DesignerCon is hands down one of the best events in the entire world. Like, it's, it's an amazing event for our designer toy scene. That's, that's a given. And so, but just because we absolutely love something doesn't mean we can't ever be critical of it. I think, I hate that people hear uh, some things that we say or our spoken word and they just extract only the negative points from it because we, we'd said plenty of positive things. I know we did. I went back and listened to it. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer to hear that people took it that way. But honestly, George, I didn't hear from those people. I received several private DMs, mostly from people that were in attendance, but I also heard from people that were not there. And in their in their DMs to me, they were very complimentary towards our, our episode and very thankful for the open and honest opinions that we did share towards the event. So yeah, I, maybe it's just different listeners and different different ears hearing it, George, but I hate to think that we offended somebody. Well, actually, I know we offended... I, I did receive one angry phone call from a vendor, but I don't want to get into that. But I know we have offended some people with the things said on our show. And that's unfortunate. That's not our intention. We we do this show because we love the designer toy scene. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. We like to think that we are supporting the scene and not tearing it down. Yeah. No, I I will just pipe up real quick and, and agree that designer cons obviously awesome. I have a blast going every year. I've been enjoying going ever since I started and I always look forward to it. So yeah, I think in general, when we provide feedback, whether it's about designer con or anything, it's really because we love this scene and we want it to do well. And we just are excited to talk about it, but we also want to provide feedback as well. So hmm. designer con was awesome. I'm sad that it's over. Me too. Well, we're all in agreement then it should be four days. No, no, okay. no, <laughs> no, 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 the preview night was nice. That was a nice addition. It helped de-stress the weekend, but no fourth day. But uh, let's move on. Next topic. Who has one? I, I got one, Gary. Okay. Can I go? Should we do so timer? I'm curious. You want to do timer? Uh, keep us, keep us I don't know. Track. It's really just a question for it's really just a question for Don, but feel free to time. Okay, Don, you got right. three minutes. All right. All Go. Right. All right. Go. <laughs> okay, well, so, and we've been talking about all the shows you've been going to, and you just recently got back from Tokyo Comic Con. And I'm just curious, whenever I think of Comic Con here in the States, it's very much focused on pop culture and comics and movies and all that kind of stuff, and toys is just a small subset. But when I look at Tokyo Comic Con, it almost feels the opposite. Like all the news, and granted it's because I'm in the scene, but I'm seeing Instinct Toy and all these big toy names. So are Comic-Cons over in Asia different than the Comic-Cons we have over here? Is there a lot more of a designer toy presence in the Comic-Cons overseas? That is a great question. Tokyo Comic-Con is a weird animal. It basically, it's only been the third year, and the basically the concept was, let's do a Western-style Comic-Con in Japan with all the things that are associated with Comic-Con, bringing over Stanley and movie stars and having a big, a giant Hot Toys booth and, and having props and things, and then also having, like, artist section and having some designer toys in the mix. And it, a lot of companies aren't exactly sure what to bring to that show because it's it's a crowd that's very much into like 
Marvel and Star Wars and and that kind of thing. But there's a smattering of designer toys. I'd really say there's a few of the Japanese soft vinyl guys that had booths. Unbox, Unbox will have a table anywhere. The most surprising thing is that Instinct, they're a sponsor and they make a pretty big presence there. As you saw the fortress that they built in the middle of that show. That that's the only Comic Con in the world that has a giant instinct fortress in the middle of it. I'll say that. For was sure. that the event that they skipped Designer Con for? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, it was. So apparently there was like a VIP room inside that booth. I was talking sh- to some of the holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, it was okay. It was so there stuff. is there's a larger presence of the pop culture stuff there. It's just because it's I'm in the scene. I'm seeing mostly the toy news. I mean, conversely, this was like, I think pop is like pop. When we, uh, Funko Pops are actually starting to get some traction here. Hot Toys had a big wall of them, and they seem to be selling quite well at the show. So, hooray for Funko. Uh, I, I love that Hot Toys is the guys that spread Funko over there. That's so cool to me. Yeah, it's it's definitely, when you, well, they have a shop called Toy Sapiens. And it's definitely like the high end and the low end when you go in there. I mean, by low end, I mean like price point stuff. They have the, you know, they have the Hot Toys, $400 Iron Man. And then they had a wall of $15 pops. And they used to have a big wall of the reaction figures when when Funko was handling that. But I mean, you know, they are the West, sort of the Western licensed specialist, as it were, for Japan. So they know how, how, how all that stuff works. So they basically rep Star Wars and Marvel merchandise time that's it you're done don nice (laughs) all right no did you want to finish your thought on that or should we move on yep i'm good okay so Teresa and i noticed something that when a lot of people come over like a lot of easterners might come to like a i don't know a toy con uk or designer con or five points they often will bring something that's patriotic or just like colors for that country like if they go to a designer con they might bring something that's red white and blue edition or if they go to five points fest they might do a statue of liberty if they go to toy con uk they might do a union jack and i don't know that i personally don't care for patriotic toys and maybe you guys collect them i don't know but is that something that just people when you're out of a, out of country and you go to another country you just assume that people want that sort of colorway or is that paying homage to that country or do you, Don, do you know any reason why people will be doing like these patriotic colorways? Yeah. Um, artists are going to various countries and they kind of want to have an exclusive. So they're, they're brainstorming on motifs to do for, you know, if they want to do a Singapore exclusive or a Taiwan exclusive or America exclusive, you know, it's kind of like, that's one of the things that probably pops into their mind is like, Oh, I can, you know, do the colors of the flag or, um, I like when Yasu, one of the artists that we traveled with a lot this year in Singapore, she did like one of her little cats and, and like did a little Singapore flag on it. And it was massively popular. Hmm. Everybody wanted it. Does that make me unpatriotic if I don't buy that stuff? Like if it doesn't even interest <laughs> me, like should I instantly be, be drawn to red, white and blue, but I'm not. I'm not either. But I also wonder, is it a bigger thing over there? Like are people more into that? overseas i think maybe it's country to country here's here's an interesting factoid so we sell uh the metro we go robots right Mm -hmm. and we have two of the newer ones was a japan flag design and an american sort of motif one an american one comes with little boxing gloves so we've been selling those kind of all over the world at all the shows we do and it's just really interesting 
which markets, which ones sell, especially the America one. And how does so it like, sell? <laughs> so like England, I think we sold one of okay. the American one. Okay. <laughs> uh, Thailand, they loved it. Sold them all. East Coast, it sells really, really well. West Coast, almost none. When you say so, East Coast, West Coast, we're talking about the States. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. See, okay, I want to comment on exclusives because I understand the whole patriotic Statue of Liberty kind of stuff, right? Those are common themes. It makes sense to try stuff like that. But I can't tell you how many times I see show exclusive for other shows. And I think, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Bring something like that to us. And then we get an American flag. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, come on. Like, I don't want that. I want that other sparkly, pretty pink one. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not patriotic I, either. It's just not something I'm into. And I'm also like, I'm not a New Yorker. So like Statue of Liberty doesn't speak to me. But like, it always bums me out because it does seem like so many times, especially like a five points when you're in New York, or like a decon that they default to those kind of standard things. And I'm always like, no, but I want that other one. That's really good feedback. Is there anybody specific you would like me to give that feedback to? (laughs) Everybody. Everybody. Let's put out the word. Like the cool stuff, the cool stuff that you're releasing at, you know, Beijing toy show and Taiwan toy, toy fest, bring that same stuff to designer con and five points. Don't make special American, you know, stuff for the Americans. Like just bring that stuff over. Cause we can't get it. Just right. bring that over. Exactly. Now. Like, like sometimes people will do that, that whole cross exclusive thing, right. Where it's for multiple shows and it's not just one specific show. I'm totally down to have an opportunity to get any of those things. I don't know if you all can hear Bailey. I hope you can't. <laughs> I can hear. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, okay. Is she attacking you or something? <laughs> no, she. Okay, and I'm. Tr- I was trying to talk through it. No, she <laughs> had to go outside, so she's been out. And then the cold weather makes her all sassy. She has a ball in her mouth gosh. and is literally running around like a rabid dog <laughs> because she's all sassy from our crappy cold weather. So I was like, oh god, I hope you can't hear her. So I'm trying to. Calm down. Okay, it's good good to have context to it though. Anyway, but yeah, I, I am like and I don't know if there's like specific feedback Time. per se for specific companies, but you know, just in general. Like there's so many times where I'm like, I just want a chance at that piece. Yeah. Like bring it to us too. So I wanna cl- I wanna clarify, I do love America. It's just I'm not into red, white, and blue <laughs> colorways. Like Dude, you're gonna get a call. God, no more phone calls. But I know someone's gonna like take a soundbite of Teresa and I saying that we're like not patriotic, and I know it's gonna be misconstrued or blown out of proportion. I love America. I love being an American. I just don't care for red, white, and blue colorways. Amen. Go America. (laughs) Woo woo. Red, white, and blue, baby. So let's move on to the next topic. The next one is, uh, have you guys seen the Designer Toy World Cup custom show that Martian Toys has been promoting lately? It's going to be held at Five Points Fest in June, and it seems like it's going to be across uh, 14 or 16 different countries. They're going to be using the Anna Toy Bobby DIY figure. Customizers can purchase it and potentially enter into this uh, World Cup or World Cup designer toy contest, but I don't know all the details. Teresa, do you know more details about it? Yeah, so I think when they originally started it, they were just going to accept 
all entries and then have them in the show. But I think because of the level of interest, they decided to do a qualifying round. So listen to this, Gary. They actually posted a how-to post. So let me read through this. All right. So there is a qualifying round. Requires you to buy the Anna DIY toy, customize it, and post it by or before March 1st using a specific hashtag. They're going to... Okay. What the heck toy is that? <laughs> Has anyone so, even heard of that thing? It's fairly new. Yeah. It's like in the last year or two we've we've been seeing Does it. Does anyone care about that toy? Yeah, I actually like it. I think it's a pretty good actual, you know, basis for a DIY toy. It comes apart easily. You can easily sculpt on it. I actually like it. It's per okay. it's a little the like Pudgy shape is a little odd to me, but I mean, it does have a lot of articulation and it's more of a human figure. It's funny that you mentioned the pudginess though, because like most really good custom platforms all have that pudge. It's like, look at the bear brick and the dunny or even the key. Even they all have that, like basically what my side profile is. I got that. I got a little, <laughs> a little dad pooch. That's what the figure has. That's me. Maybe so that's why you. I like it. So I am you know what? I'll buy one. I'll customize it to look like you, Gary. That'll be my entry. <laughs> You've lost already. I, I'm curious. I don't know the origins of it, George. Like, did Martian Toys work with an artist to create this A and A? No. Sorry, I keep wanting to say A and A. No. This Anatoy figure. Oh, Anna Toys. Um, they're a Korean designer toy maker. They've been doing the circuit for the last year and a half or so. So, okay. and that's their original toy yeah i've been following them for a while and i i actually really like what they're doing i actually like the toys if my finances are different i would own several pieces they're fantastic i think they're great but for those people who aren't that familiar with anna toy and what they're doing i think this event designer toy world cup that's going to get it in front of more people's eyes and and honestly it's a great way to potentially move product i think there's going to be a lot of purchases for the diy figure because of this event well, and I know Martian Toys, I mean, I'll give them credit. They're very big about custom shows. And I think the one thing that they're really good at doing, and it's really cool of them, is that they're open to new customizers and also help kind of bringing them to light in the scene. So, you know, we always have the bigger customizers, right? Certain names that are always producing awesome stuff. But there's obviously yeah. people who are just up and coming. And I think it's great that they offer them the opportunity to be in these shows and show their work at a five points or a decon or even all the various, then they do New York comic con and then all the shows at mothership. So I give them props. I mean, this kind of falls in line with what they've been doing for the longest time. So I think it's a cool opportunity for some people, especially if they're uh, not as well known. I absolutely agree. That this is one but, of the few ways that someone just starting out can get their, their stuff noticed. It's, you know, most events are curated and right. most customizers are hand selected. So this is a great way for anyone just starting out to get their stuff noticed. And it actually kind of reminds me of the old, you know, Money World days that uh, Kid Robot used to do. They used to host a contest where you can customize the money and you submit it and uh, anyone can participate and you stuff will be judged by a panel very well respected and renowned people within the industry. So that was a great event. And it's nice to see that um, Martian toys is kind of doing something along those lines and seem to be having fun with it. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like it. Cause I mean, even someone like me who has dabbled in it slightly, like I could do it. Like if I wanted to, I could take a stab at this. Everyone can join in as they say. 
Did you want me to go ahead and finish the rules so you can edit all those in? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. So you you post it by March 1st using their hashtag, and then they're going to announce teams. One country team will consist of four to eight members. So I guess they'll, for each country, if they get more than four to eight submissions, they'll narrow it down. And then they says they're going to have a competition at five points, and they'll do a trophy for the winning team. Meaning the winning country, I assume. It sounds like a lot of work. I mean, if good on, good on Marsh and <laughs> yeah. Toys for wanting to take it on. They've done custom shows of 100 pieces at events and stuff like that. So, you know, they're, they're experienced in this area. But to me, I hear this and it sounds like a lot of work to even, you know, what if you get 20, 30, 40 submissions from one country and you got to narrow that down to four to eight and yep. potentially break hearts? And I don't know. But um, good on them for who gets the trophy. If your team has four to eight members, who gets the trophy? Well, maybe there's four <laughs> to eight trophies. Maybe everyone gets a trophy. I, I want to know how they, they're going to decide who wins. Are they going to be for sale? Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, it seemed like they would put them for sale just like they do any other custom show. It does say they're going to limit to 100 max uh, pieces. But yeah, I don't know how they decide the trophy winner. Is it is it going to be their vote? Are they going to do like a vote at five points or like a community thing? I'm sure there'll be some sort of public vote involved. Maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. Stay tuned for more details. Let's talk about studio visits. Don, I'm sure you've gone, you've done a lot of traveling. You know, a lot of artists, you've probably gone in and out of a bunch of different uh, company studios and artist studios and, and the like. So Don or George, Teresa, have you guys ever visited a studio and what have been some of your favorite studios that you visited? Well, I'll just come out and say that it's sad because I haven't, and it bums me out. I've never had a chance. <laughs> when I would I have ever had a chance to visit someone's studio? I don't know. But it would be awesome. That would be awesome. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. So, George, Don, where have you guys been? What have you guys seen? Uh, I'll go if Don wants to think about it for a minute. Go ahead, George. Because I just went uh, right after uh, Designer Con. I had uh, – Dr. A staying with me and he made an appointment to get a tour of Sideshow while he was here. So I, you know, since he stays with me, I get to drive him around. So I got to drive him out to Sideshow and I got to get a tour of Sideshow and they've, they've definitely changed since the last time I was there many, many years ago. And they are now like a campus. It's no longer just a building. Wow. Um, Yeah. There are three buildings big now. It was an amazing amazing tour just to see the amount of work that they've done i mean you think of sideshow and you think of certain things and just the the breadth of their work is is stunning the scale of everything from you know small toys to giant statues to life-size toys quote-unquote you know like it was incredible and they also had a um a hot toys room which was like a hot toys meeting room and it had like every hot toys figure on display on the wall it was incredible Wow. Like just to see these different rooms like that, they had the whole R two R two Me Too custom show on display in one office. Like, it, it, yeah, it was it was crazy. The whole the whole place is looks like an amazing place to work. That sounds awesome. That's very cool, Teresa. Do you know what sideshow is? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I know you got you you got some heat from the last episode, so I just want to make sure. I know. I can't know everything, so I do my but best. But you do know what keys are. You just didn't, like, realize he no, was talking was about being... keys. But you know what they are. Yeah, I was just 
And I was just being goofy because you said keys. I was like, oh, it sounds like you're talking about car keys or door keys. But yes, I do know what Sideshow is. Okay, good. You know, people don't realize that when you're doing this show, like sometimes you have to play stupid just to just to be entertaining for something. So I know I've done that. And maybe that's what you're doing too. I don't know. But well, anyways, no. George, that uh, going to Sideshow sounds awesome. That actually sounds like a, like a full day sort of thing too. It was actually like a four-hour visit. It was wow. crazy. That sounds really cool. I wish I saw that. That sounds neat. Don, what about you? Have you been to any good studio visits? I mean, most. I mean, most of the people I know are they're just small artists, and half of me either work at home or you know just have some little workspace somewhere. So um, I'm actually I'm actually planning to visit as a few studios in Hong Kong next week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We're a week premature. Yeah. Uh, have you seen pictures of like Chino Lamb's new little studio space? I haven't. Not that I recall. That sounds cool though. Yeah, I want to. See, I want to see that. So, I mean, I've actually asked a few other people, "Can I visit?" And they're like, oh, "Our place is just like stacked with toys, and it's you can't walk around, and it's filthy." And like, can we just go out to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get that no, too. I no mean, one ever realizes that that's the stuff you want to see, like, because they're all just like they live in it every day. Yeah, and they don't realize that it's really cool to somebody else who doesn't see it. That's true. Huh. Yeah, just to see like how people work, but. Oh, it'd be cool. I thought Don was going to have this long list of amazing studio visits, but no. Don. No. Sorry. All right. Well, let's move on. Well, can I ask a question semi-related, Gary? Sure. So there's studios and stuff, but another thing that seems a lot bigger over there that I'm always super sad when I hear about is there's all these branded – it's like the toy companies will combine and do these like pop-up events. So like Fluffy House will do like a Fluffy House cafe or Uamu will do something where people can go to a certain restaurant and like Uamu toys will be there to buy. There's all these sort of pop-up-y restaurant themed events, it seems, going on over there. Yep. Is is that a common thing? Do you get to go to those often? Because I'm always super bummed. I see all these releases and stuff at cafes and whatnot, and I just can't ever go, and I just want to cry. I just <laughs> want to be there. But is, is that common, and do you attend those frequently? Yeah, I mean, it's it's relatively common. I mean, you know, big city like this, it, like retail's pretty competitive, so shops and cafes and things are always trying to think of new ways to bring people in and um, – I, Wamo, uh, definitely Wamo is the one that has done a, a several like pop up collaborations with cafes. Uh, well, I mean, whenever she does one, I definitely try to go check it out. Um, Have we been I, saying her name wrong the entire time? Wamo. Wamo. Is that what you're Wamo? saying? Wamo. <laughs> I've been normally saying a Wamo. It's a Wamo. Wamo is what I say. So it's Wamo. Wamo. I would assume that Dada Dub saying it correctly. He lives in Japan. Wamo. <laughs> Wamo. I just tell people when they tried to say it, like, just remember the old, like, toy brand Wamo? Yes. So, like, it's kind of like Wamo. Wamo. Hmm. Okay, so talking about the. Um... Well, well, real quick. Real quick. Is there a favorite pop up event you've gone to, Dawn, that you think has been done really well? Um. I'm trying to think of any ones other than the Wamo, the Wamo one, because you brought it up. The Wamo one she did with the owl and Ikibukuro. Yes. 
that one was that one was really nice. All right, Gary, go ahead. Okay, so we were just talking about how you got confused on the keys. Was it the Q or just like a, you know the a house key sort of thing? So that brought up someone mentioned on the group, you know, like how's history sort of lost on a lot of the new collectors within the designer toy scene. So I'm curious, like, do you guys find it important for collectors to know the history of a lot of the toys and artists that have come and gone and companies that have come and gone? Like, how important is history to say like the new collectors coming in? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily important. I think that information should be available, though, because I think there's people that want to know it. The only thing that annoys me are people that think they know it but don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking kaiju to you. I'm going to sound like a total jackass. But when someone comes yeah. on and mentions Toy Two R for existence and the keys, like that was something George collected tons of back in the day. And from what I know, and I actually don't know the full history of what happened. To key, I heard the the U.S. distribution ended up stopping, but from what I've heard, it's still continuing in the East. Is that true? Uh, I think Raymond became like a politician or something. I don't even know if he's making toys anymore. Okay. The keys were it was a that was a huge influence on or had a big impact on me because Toy Two R did they did kind of a key international summit exhibition here in Tokyo. Gosh, almost probably close to 10 years ago. But that was like the first time I I kind of met artists that from outside Japan. I mean, that was, uh, that's where I first met Rolito, Jamie Hayon, Coop, uh, Curb from the UK. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, that was the kind of the first time I like hung out with sort of like international artists where we all went to karaoke and dinner and stuff. So. I don't know. I think I think that kind of influenced me to like, hmm, this is fun. I want to do that more. Yeah. I mean, back to your original question about knowing history and how critical it is, Gary. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Don. I think it, I like that information to be out there and we probably could be better. I mean, it might be buried out there in, in different forms and fashions. But to me, it's not... I don't think it's critical. Like I like to know, like I like knowing about the history and digging in, but some things obviously interest me more than others. And like, I've, I've liked learning about the scene, but I feel like there's a spectrum of collectors out there and some people just want that cool looking thing and they don't care to know what was made 10 years ago. They just like looking at what exists now kind of a thing, or they might do what I do. And I think all collectors do where as you get to know the scene and you get to delve into a specific artist or style, you start hunting for more, right? And you start saying, oh, what else is out there? And what's this thing called Kid Robot? And oh, what's Sofubi? And you kind of delve, right? And then I think naturally you kind of tentacle into the past. And I know that's what happened for me. Like I'd go out there and I'd see what exists, but then I'd see, oh, there was this thing made a couple years ago and I really like that. Let me try to find that. And oh, there was this artist and who were they? So I think naturally people kind of delve in the history as they collect, but... Mm -hmm don't know if it's necessarily like a critical thing like a rite of passage type of thing right where like you must know these things in order to be a true it's collector kind of, it's kind of like music right i mean there's people who can just you know turn on the radio and listen to anything and then people who get really into certain genres and yeah, for sure. So. I mean, it, the information's out there. Anyone who wants to know the history, there's the internet's been around since Designer Toy started. So the, the information's out there, and that's one reason we have all those libraries like Tramped and Rotocasted and 
Clutter magazines and, you know, Playtimes magazines and all the great toy blogs. Like, if you go a deep dive into any of the toy blogs, you're going to learn some history for sure. But maybe that's something that we can focus on more with Season 4, though, as well. Because I know one of our most downloaded episodes of all time was when we were talking to Jim Crawford from Strangeco. People love hearing the, the history of that company, how they started and mistakes made and, you know, why they, you know, ended up shuttering their doors to, you know, maybe we can talk about to some where are they now sort of things, find out where Neth Creatures are, or Van Meter from Jamungo, and, you know, Baroness from Kid Robot. Like, where are people? Was a classic. Bob Africa, that was a classic. Oh, yeah, wow. We had him on really early on. And then Paul Budness joined and told us some of the history of when he, how he started and found a kid robot and some of the stories there. It's like, you know, I love hearing all that stuff. So maybe we can focus more on that in season four. We can track down the critter box guys and some more artists. And yeah, that could be fun. We should think about yeah. some, some of the toys that were like influential that no one might know anymore. Like, people should know the like Eric So Hellboy. Pieces like that. Yeah. Pieces that were huge and influential, but nobody even know today might not even know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. No, and for me, for me as someone who like, I, I feel like I know some, but I know there's plenty still for me to learn, especially when it comes to some of the older stuff. I'd be interested to kind of learn, have like a little segment of, uh, I don't know, like delve into the history and teach Teresa something new today. Like this day, 10 years ago, in designer toy news. You know what? We yeah, actually have that exactly. That's something that, that's an idea we, we've been wanting to do for a while. It's in our show notes. Like, we want to talk about that every week. Maybe mention three to five toys that were released 10 years ago. Uh, it's just a matter of doing the deep dive and researching it all. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely a lot of stuff we could cover on delving into the past. Yeah. We can't cover it all, but we're chipping away at it. We're, you know, we're 100 and so episodes in. Well, we'll come back strong in season four. Is this our last episode for the season? I know we talked about doing one more, but will we make it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one more. I think we Maybe. I think we might squeeze one more in. Maybe it'll be super lighthearted, Christmas themed or something. Theme. I don't know. We need a gift guide episode. A gift guide? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like we need to do a uh, special holiday edition. We can talk about uh, things on our want list, who's been naughty or nice. I can pump in some Christmas jingles in the background, a little crackle of the fireplace. We'll drink eggnog. Or hot chocolate. Mm, I'll bring the marshmallows. But getting back to the the history of thing, I think maybe uh, maybe across all platforms, blogs, podcasts, all of us, maybe we can do like a designer toy history week or something like that. Like, uh, you should have designer history month. Um, well, I know a month is a long time. <laughs> I think we could pull off the designer history week, though, across all platforms. It'll take some, I think we could do it. I think we could pull that off. But let's move on to the next topic. Let's end it. So, no, we can do one. It's supposed to be a half hour. What the heck happened? <laughs> George. You can leave if you want, George. Is your, your dinner ready? No, I got to go make some molds. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, a few more, a few more, George. Hang in there. Okay, boys, Christmas is almost here, and Santa's coming to town. Are you excited? Yeah. Last night, you guys got to meet Santa and told him what you wanted. How did you know how to find the things on your wish list? Um, 
remembering. I remembering. No, you guys would like look at the Target catalogs and look at all the toys and circle them and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, our yeah, listeners, yeah. you know how they find the toys on their wish list? Yeah, because they go to stores and they look for no. toys that they want. No, they go to the toy blogs. The toy blogs are the ones that do all the research and all the gathering of information and put their version of the toy catalog for our listeners. And those toy blogs are SpankySoaks.com and the Toy Chronicle. And they also use the Toy Chronicle app to also search for toys on their wish list. Now, have you guys been naughty or nice? Nice. And what have you been working on to be nice? Listening. 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 Going and to bed on time. Yeah. Being respectful. Being respectful. But, and being responsible and, and have fun. How about cleaning up your toys? Yes. Yes, okay. But I cleaned the toys up by myself and he didn't. <laughs> Come on. Toys. Okay, so when you're nice, Santa and his elves make things for you. And Santa, with the help of his reindeer, deliver them to your home. Do you think our listeners have been naughty or nice? Naughty. Our na- yes, our listeners have definitely been naughty. They've been saying bad words and fornicating and all sorts of stuff. So Santa and his elves, they still make toys for our listeners, but they don't deliver them to their homes. They get poop. They don't get poop. <laughs> Santa and the elves just don't deliver to them their homes. They make them go to stores and buy the stuff themselves. That's what happens to the naughty kids. They have to buy their own toys. So you know what stores that they go to? No. Dot com. No. So they can go to stores like 3dretro.com or strangecattoys.com or myplasticheart.com. And if they live in the Burbank adjacent California area, they can visit 3D Retro and see that beautiful store at that location. Or if they go to strangecattoys.com, they can use promo code MARSHAM at checkout and receive 10% off their entire order. Or if they go to myplasticheart.com, they can use promo code TOYFAM. And if they have an order of $75 or more and they live in the United States, they will receive free shipping on that order. All right, boys. Thank you for your help. Okay, tell our listeners Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And be nice. (laughs) And be naughty. Be nice. Naughty. Nice. I was going to bring up, we were talking about the Martian Toys customizer show, and there's been some other customizer stuff popping up. Related to super plastic, so I know he wanted to bring that up, Gary, about how uh, it seems we're very, very close to finally having some super plastic product in hand to look at. I know they've been posting actual products on their Instagram, uh, but then they've also been uh, surprising customizers with free blanks yeah. to put their uh, spin on it. I saw that too. I saw Kano and Squink both posted on their social media that they received the package and they both received the same nice letter basically saying that, hey, we're big fans of your work. Uh, here's enjoy this special gift. Do your worst. Uh, keep us in the loop and XOXO Super Plastic. So that's nice that they're reaching out to some of their favorite customizers and giving them a nice gift to uh, have some fun Dr. with. Oh, nice. I haven't even seen that one. but So, yeah, it sounds like a lot of customizers are receiving blanks from them. Either it's maybe a sign of what's to come for potential Series 2 or Series 3, or maybe there's some sort of show in the works. But either way, it's great seeing uh, these get in the hands of customizers because I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Well, honestly, nope. there's no way a platform toy is going to make it in today's market if it doesn't have customizers behind it. So it's it's smart of them to do that because – just putting out that toy and no one cares about customizing it, no one's going to keep buying it. Like that's all anybody in this scene cares about is customizers. 
and there's a lot of customizers in the scene. I kind of wonder if they only send out 10 or 20 for, you know, special gifts to certain customizers. There's a bunch out there that are probably going to be a little jealous that they didn't receive it because this sending this stuff out like this is kind of like an acknowledgement or recognition of the talent and the skill that they have. So especially it's coming from Paul Budnitz and Huck G, you kind of want to be part of that, you know? Do you have hurt feelings right now, Gary? <laughs> no. I was just going to ask, did you get one? No, I actually did not. But at the same time, anyone who's listened to the show probably knows I'm not that excited about doing customs. I'll do the occasional custom show or whatever, but it's not something I'm like truly passionate about. There's a lot more customizers that these would be in better hands with. Like, I'll share this for another time. But Teresa, you know my story about what happened with the Sad Salesman custom. Like, that that pretty much broke me. <laughs> so no, I'm not looking forward to doing another custom anytime soon. Yeah, but no, I think it's cool, and I know the Toy Chronicle looks to have been coordinating a kind of launch thing and signing and giveaways and all that. So that looks cool. And, and for those that are interested, the super plastic Instagram account is also doing this, um, like they're calling it jingle jangle radvent calendar, but I guess throughout the entire month, they're doing daily prizes that you can enter and it's super easy. No reposting. You just tag people in the post, but every day they're listing a new thing you can win. So that's kind of fun if you want to follow along and enter all their giveaways. Yeah, I think I saw another release is going to be at Whoop Air uh, this weekend, too. So, yeah, it sounds like they're doing lots of uh, cool things. They're always great at social media and marketing. They did a great job with the Kickstarter campaign. Then they went quiet for a bit, came back strong with the opening of the store, and now they're back again with uh, you know the Reese of the Jankies, finally. Can't yeah. wait to actually and- see one. <laughs> I'm with you. Careful, George. You might get a phone call. And it's funny. Well, semi-related to it, thinking of like what people are doing to celebrate the holidays and stuff. Kidorobo's actually been doing a lot of secret drops. Like uh, they kind of came in and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's going to be a Jermaine Rogers colorway drop. Boom. And then they did an Octo Dunny. And now it looks like they're getting ready to do a new watch parts Dunny. But it's like all of a sudden they've they've like bombarded everyone with these crazy secret drops and they've been really popular so far. So Kidroba's doing a little something, something too to celebrate the uh, season. Mm-hmm. No, something, something. I it's guess since stuff. we're talking about seasonal stuff, we should probably mention our sponsor 3d retro. They're doing a countdown to Christmas. So every day leading up until Christmas Eve, I believe they're going to be releasing a new limited edition exclusive toy from Medicom on their store. So, you know, if that's interests you, be sure to check out 3d retro on Instagram to stay on top of all that stuff. But Teresa, since you just mentioned all the surprise releases that kid robots doing, there's a new, uh, Aiden's Dunny Drop coming this Friday, and it's from Jesse Hernandez, amazing artist. He just uh, came off of doing two five-inch Dunnies with Foot Locker, and now he's doing this eight-inch one, and it's glow-in-the-dark, and it looks awesome. Oh, yeah. That one, is, and that one's like a crazy, uh, like, custom sculpt kind of deal. Like, it's, it is a Dunny, but it's, it's, I don't know. Like, it's, it's the dunny shape, but there's a ton of sculpting on it, and it's killer. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Congrats, Jesse. If anyone who doesn't know or isn't familiar with Jesse Hernandez, he's Urban Aztec on Instagram, and he couldn't be – he's probably actually one of the nicest guys in the entire designer toy scene, so I'm very excited for him. These look amazing, and he always crushes the dunny platform. So, uh, yeah, awesome work. Okay, so while we're talking awesome things, can we just have a moment of – just pure excitement for the new Vinyl Art Scotch series coming out and the fact that there's going to be freaking baby seedless in it because, oh my 
God, they're awesome! <laughs> I'm so excited. March needs to be here now because I want them in my collection. <laughs> you guys don't know. Teresa, like, um, DM'd me on Instagram the second she saw those, apparently, and her text message, she was freaking out. Like, oh, it can't be that great. And then I clicked on the, the link, and wow, I was probably worse than her. I was like the the wolf in all those Tex Avery cartoons. My tongue falling out, my eyeballs bulging and popping out of my head. They're awesome. Oh, my God. They're so cute. And Seedless is like one of my current – so, you know, I got really into the Zeke dinos. And you kind of get into these pockets, right, where you're just like, ah, oh, this is what I want to hunt. And I've been in like a, a Seedless hunting – pattern especially after getting that rainbow pink one at decon so i've been trying to collect them all so i was really excited to see these there are obviously other people in the series but don i don't want to try to list them because i will represent them poorly but i heard that there is one that's a with the first chinese artist to be in a series yeah toys being cheese and then uh, i found i found the image it's got you got your seedless which uh that character is actually a collaboration with paradise so that's kind of cool that Metacom is working with Paradise and Shoko to make that in the VAG. Um, there's uh, 0313, who's a Japanese artist. Her stuff is really cute. She has a little fox with a target and stomach. Yes, and a little cute smiley face ball on its head. It's adorable. <laughs> I like that one, too. And then there's Botang by uh, Studio Mames, who were They were actually at uh, Decom as part of the Metacom crew they're a designer toy couple they've been in the game for a while and then there's the corsica which is sort of the the kaiju entry these are pretty cute though he makes these kind of funky dinosaurs i mean his regular size vinyls are actually pretty cool yeah they made little cute ones for the vag yeah Yeah. another what number vag series is this 18 so it's not gonna hit stores for a few more months like march yeah. Yeah. No, it's March okay. timing. Okay. They basically come out one, one a quarter. Okay. Yeah. So Don, let's move. Let's move on then. So Don, I have a question for you. How do we get more Western artists and companies out to the Eastern conventions? There's just so many conventions. Asia is having its boom for sure, and uh, it seems really seems like the place to be. But it's it's kind of hard to venture over there. I think one of the downsides is is there's so many conventions and really not that much information out there about it so i think it's overwhelming for a lot of people to decide if they should go out should they make the financial uh leap to go out there and and which conventions are they going to try out first so it's it's overwhelming in that regard but do you have any suggestions as to how we might get more people out there yeah well i mean I'm, i'm i'm thinking about trying to figure out some way to get a gaggle of western artists over to to taiwan for next year no, I think it's cool if you can help facilitate that, Don. I mean, getting some people out there. And I know you've been great about getting people from over there, over here. So. Yeah, that was who, – who, what guys would you want to see? I mean, I, I know that Gary said he was really disappointed that How to Work didn't come to Decon. What other artists from Asia would you like to see come to Decon? Well, for me personally, um, there are certain artists that work with Unbox that I collect a lot of their stuff, and I would love to have a chance to meet them. Two in particular will be Ziki Wu, who does all of the different dinos, like the ice cream dinos and all of that. And then um, two, Nathapong, 
yep. who does all of the Elthies and Greenies and all that. Those two, I think, would be awesome artists just because I collect so much of their stuff and they seem like the nicest people ever. Um, and actually, in talking with Dan at Decon, I think he's going to try to bring them next year. So I think that would be awesome. I really hope he can coordinate that because I think it would be really cool to be able to to meet them and get sketches and, and all of that kind of stuff. But overall, I feel like through you and some other booths, I mean, I've, I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of artists like mm-hmm. Kaori, who does, the, the, you know, Hinatik and Morris, Shoko, Yasu. Like, there's a lot of artists who I have had a chance to meet so far. But no, the, the Unbox ones are the ones that jump in my mind the most just because I have not had a chance to meet them yet. And I collect quite a few of their things. But, um I don't know. Gary? You know, I mean, this is probably going to sound bad, but I'm not like you in the regard that I feel the need to meet a lot of the artists. Like, it would be great to, it would be nice if it happened, but I don't see myself waiting hours and lines to meet them and get sketches from them. That's not, some, not something I would do. But I would love to see more of their toys coming to the stateside conventions. And I know there's there's a few booths that you know might pick up some costing lung toys or Kenny Wong and bring like very small samplings of those toys, but I would love, love to see a larger bulk of costing lung toys or Kenny Wong or other artists that you're able that we're just not able to get here stateside. And also I would also love to be able to see just more of that Asian culture that we talked so much about that you you probably take for granted, you know, uh, dad and It's just that all that sort of like the gotcha palm machines. I would love to see a, a wall of gotcha palm machines, but not just VAG, but all of the different series that you're experiencing, all the offbeat, off the wall sort of stuff. And I've also seen some places also are doing vending machines where they're dispensing blind boxes out of vending machines and stuff like that. Like that's the sort of stuff, like a unique, weird area at the Stateside Convention where you can kind of get that Asia experience a little bit. A gotcha wall at, at like a decon or five points would be so fun. Mm. Or yeah, like those uh, vending machines, like Toy Zero Plus, I know, did some for Bok Bok. Yep. Where you could go up and like, like we ne- you're right. Like a lot of those really cool, maybe to them is like normal, but like we don't see those things over here at all. Yeah. I know there was a couple of vendors that had gotcha palm machines, but it'd be cool just to have the, just one section you go to that all like accept, a giant, just a giant area where they all accept the same coin or something like that. That'd be cool. I mean, that's a, that's a huge ask, but that was, that would be cool. Would you guys be fine with the frustration of not knowing which one you're getting though? Well, but I think if it were stuff that like I couldn't normally get, like you think about the gotcha pawns, like when we were talking to George about, all the different ones they have over there. If there were a way to get that kind of stuff, like the banana birds and all of that, that aren't really over here, I think it'd be fun to take a gamble on it. It would be fun. I did think of one more artist, Don. Yo-Yo Yang, who does Yoki the Bad, and now um, all the different, you know, she's doing now doing stuff with Unbox, with um, Rabby and... She could be part of that un- unboxed entourage since she's working with them. Yes. I I she's... like meeting the artists. I still have the collector in me. So I, I still like going up and meeting people and getting sketches and fanning, being a what? A fan. And what is the name of that? You're being a fan girl? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just a nerd. Being a little... a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> 
Actually, did you tell people, I don't remember in the episode, did you tell people how long you waited in that one line just to get a sketch of your dog? No, no, you know, we actually never got to talk about that. So I waited an hour and a half to meet uh, the artist behind OK Luna, Don. Yep. And he was at the, so he had collaborated with My Plastic Heart to sell a lot of OK Luna figures. And on each day, Saturday and Sunday, he was doing free sketches. And they were not just like pen sketches on like your sketchbook. I mean, it was like a nice flat canvas full color taking requests it was awesome and um of course i missed it on saturday and the line on sunday was huge i waited an hour and a half to be able to get up there and i decided to incorporate bailey my little dog into my sketch and it was super fun it was a blast i got to talk to everyone in line and hang out and then i went to go show gary and george and they had zero excitement for me they were like oh Cool. <laughs> Next time, show it to me. It was awesome. I'll, I it's, I post it's part of my haul photo on Instagram. It's on the floor. You can see little Schnauzer hanging out on the uh, Joby Fox. But anyway, I I will happily nerd out and wait in line. I waited. I think at the first five points, uh, Simone from Tokidoki was doing signings. I think I waited like two hours to meet him. Yeah, you're way That's more of, the- of a fangirl than I am. I don't think I would wait in line for any of that stuff. Oh, Gary, you're a fangirl too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you don't want to take pictures and get sketches and stuff signed because you're you're integrating the scene differently. I think I'm still a collector at heart, so it's fun for me. Like I still get I got nervous meeting Simone. I was like, oh my gosh, it's the guy behind Toki Toki. <laughs> <laughs> he was at Tokyo Comic Con. This as well. They had a booth. I mean, they're not. They're, it's not so big in Japan yet. Doki Doki. So I think. Oh really? Yeah. It was. It was kind of funny. I kind of walked by the booth and just kind of, you know, wherever I see a Toki Doki booth, I stick my head in, and he was just standing there, looking at his phone. Oh, I was like, wow. What's That's up, dude? Crazy. <laughs> it's like anywhere else in the world, you mobbed. Wow. Okay. Well, speaking of Toki Doki and and Japan, not I guess adhering to them so much yet. I feel like a newer thing coming over here that seems to have ex- exploded recently, Don, is Pop Mart. Is that just new for us over here? Or is Pop Mart just exploding in general? Because I feel like they are pumping out a ton of stuff right now. And of course, it's all cute and adorable and blind box focused. And I feel like I want it all. But it, I feel like they weren't on my radar until really this year. Well, Pop Mart is the company that produces those two big shows in China. Beijing Toy Show and the Singapore and the Shanghai Toy Show. Oh, and so okay. they have kind of a, I mean, they're they have a, a chain of of stores selling lifestyle kind of stuff all through China. Uh, basically, I think the, those two shows in China are kind of shows where they kind of audition and show consumers the new products and see what artists they like. And I mean, I think that's kind of why it looks so much like a licensing show more than just a toy show when they put it on. That's interesting. But to Teresa's point, in the last year, I've definitely seen Pop Mart's name a lot more. I mean, they've been around for a while, but uh, as far as producing on the ma- like a minifigure level, they've become a big player in minifigures. I can't speak to all of them. Teresa could talk on that more, but I know they've done like Pucky Art, and they've probably done three or four series in just the last year. 
Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they did stuff with Solji, with her satyrs. They've done stuff with Fluffy House. They do stuff with Kenny Wong and his Mollies. I mean, there's, to yeah. me, a crap ton. And they just did a Tokidoki one for Christmas. I mean, the amount of stuff they put out for Christmas, holy crap. So, oh. to for me, at least, it just like, it's like all of a sudden it was just like, boom, they're there. And, oh, my God, it's all good. Thanks. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, yeah, if you have, you know, 200 retail stores, you know, uh, blind boxes are, you can, you there, that's a good product to have because people will buy those all day long. They're harder to, harder to sell online though, but I guess. I don't know. I, maybe shipping. I'm a weirdo, but I buy them online. I'm just looking at a picture. It looks like they have a vending machine full of them. That's what I'm oh, talking yes. about. I want. The, I like the vending machine thing. I think that's neat. You know, I, I don't know. Pop- could you imagine? Could you imagine if I could walk into like a Target or a Kroger, and instead of the like crappy stuffed animal crane machine and the Coin Star, there's a flipping sweet blind box vending machine next to the Cokes with a red, white, and blue colorway for you to purchase. <laughs> no. All right. I think we. That's fine. I think we can start wrapping it up. Let George get back to molding. Teresa, get back to work. I'll get back to being a grouch. I can go to the office. You can go to work. We can all go back to work. How about that? Nice. Thanks for joining us, Don. I know uh, we haven't had you on in a while, but we wanted to get you on at least once in 2018. I was uh, I was happy to be here to, you know, talk you down. <laughs> uh, our listeners don't know what you're talking about, though. It's okay. It's okay. So what he's talking about is I came into this episode so grouchy, just so grouchy. I mean, I was I was a downright you asshole. Were. I was a jerk. I'll admit, I was a jerk. I'm, you know, I apologize. You, oh man, stuck it there. Uh, I, I feel like you, I feel like friends or something. <laughs> yeah. You you've come in sangry before and you've come in hangry before, but I think this is the first time you just came in angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just had a shit day at work, and then you said that you were busy. You're probably not going to be joining, and just we hadn't prepared, and so I was just just not in the yeah. proper mindset to sit down and, and do this. And I took it out and poured on. I'm sorry. Okay, you. I was here for you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. You sat down Love on the Martian you. couch, had a mini therapy session, and then we got to it. All is well. Yeah. But it was fun, Don. Yeah. I fun. miss you. I want to see oh, your face again. Oh. Five points. Yeah. Yep. Five points. We'll see him in June at five points. Definitely want five to see points. you guys in five points. And we got to be nice to five points. We can't have another negative <laughs> episode on a convention. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Positive vibes. Maybe I'll come out. We'll see how it goes. Yes. Hi, George. Yes, George. You got to go. This will be the third year. It's going to be awesome. Like, you West Coasters, you like to stay put. You have perfect weather year-round, theme parks, all these conventions. You make everyone come to you. But time for you guys to go to East Coast. Come on. Too far. Yes. George, come be with us. Yes, yes, George. It's definitely too far. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and wrap this up. So let's each take a brief moment and let people know where they can find us. Data Dub, you go first. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Data Dub. Um, also, if you search for Data Dub on Facebook, I think I'm the only Data Dub on Facebook. Um, if you want to check out stuff from my day jobs, you can, uh, check out, uh, at 1000 toys on Instagram and okay. Facebook. Teresa. Yes. Where can we find you? 
if you all want to find me, you can check me out on Instagram. My username is tmhawk24. George. I am at Double G Toys on Instagram. Go buy my stuff on my store, Envy. <laughs> okay. okay, I am Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. You've been listening to the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. And we may yeah. or we may or may not be back for the rest of the season. We don't know, but if we're not, have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll catch you next year. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. 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 I'm out.